design review committee meeting. Today is September 18, 2023, and it is 2.02 p.m. Um, so could we please have a roll? Uh, yes, um, Commissioner Stryker, present. Commissioner Brenzel. Here. Commissioner Carney. Here. Uh, Commissioner Collins. Uh, not here. Uh, Commissioner Schneer. Here. Commissioner Shioda. Present. And Commissioner Rothschild. Here. Um, and we have quorum for today's meeting and also present for the record is Director of Cultural Affairs, Ralph Remington, and Deputy Director of Programs, Lex Lifehite. Okay, thank you. And a big welcome to Lex Lifehite. And we're really happy to have her. She, she is um, part of the family and coming back closer into the family. So thank welcome. You. We get to bring you back into the fold. Thank right. you. <laughs> She'll be fantastic. Okay, so welcome to the Civic Design Review Committee hybrid meeting. The meetings will be conducted as a hybrid meeting to allow public comments and the public access to the Civic Design Review Committee meetings, either remotely or in person in room 125 at the War Memorial Veterans Building, located at 401 Van Ness Avenue in San Francisco. And now for some public meeting instructions. Right. Um, this meeting is being held in person and by teleconference. Uh, today, the Arts Commission meeting is being streamed using the WebEx platform and will allow for remote. Oh, wait, Commissioner Stryker, this is still you. Oh, this is still me. That's still you. Oh, boy, I'm, I'm in another That's room. okay. <laughs> Not even With some script changes today. <laughs> um, sorry. This meeting is being held in person and by teleconference. Today, the Arts Commission meeting is being streamed using the WebEx platform and will allow for remote viewing and public comment. While this technology allows individuals to join the meeting remotely, it may not be as seamless as we would prefer. There will be gaps and delays as staff transitions to technology between speakers. Please know that we're doing our best and ask for your patience. I want to remind us of the policies and procedures for public meetings. At this meeting, we're bound to follow the structure of our agenda and adhere to the best practices set out in the Good Government Guide. At every public meeting, there's a place for general public comment, where members of the public may comment on any item pertaining to this body. In this case, please keep your public comment to items under the purview of the San Francisco Arts Commission. For every item on the agenda, there's also a space for public comment pertaining to that item. Respectfully, we ask that you keep your public comment on topic. Each public comment is list, uh, limited to three minutes. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely via WebEx. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person, then from, public, from people attending the meeting remotely. However, there have been some slight system updates to provide public comments. Therefore, please listen closely to our updated public comment instructions that will be provided by Program Associate Paris Coates shortly. And last, a few virtual meeting housekeeping items. For the public and staff joining remotely, please mute your microphones to minimize background noise. When you speak, you'll have to unmute yourselves. Please speak directly into the microphone and introduce yourself when you speak so that others on the phone know who's talking. So now I'll turn this over to Paris Coates. Thank you. Uh, for members of the public joining in person who wish to comment on agenda items, once you're called, you'll be asked to voice your comment at the podium. We'll provide you with a blank public comment.
card. You're recommended but not required to fill out this card, which will be included in the minutes. You may also make a public comment through the WebEx platform. When you click the WebEx link, you will then be prompted to enter the following information. First and last name and email. These fields are required. However, if you wish to remain anonymous, you may type public in the first and last name fields and public at public.com in the email field. Please ensure that you're in a quiet location and that all devices around you are muted so there's no echo when you speak. At the appropriate time, the chair will request public comment. For members of the public using the WebEx link, please click the hand icon to raise your hand. This will place you in the public comment queue. When it is your time to speak, you'll be unmuted by the moderator. And when your time is up, you'll be muted. For members of the public calling by phone that wish to make a public comment, when the public comment period opens, press star three to be added to the speaker line. When your microphone has been unmuted, you'll hear us ask you to state your name and comment. You're encouraged but not required to state your name for the record. I will start your three minutes when you speak using a visual timer. You'll also receive a 30 second audible warning. When your time is up, I will say caller, your time is up. Then you'll be placed on mute and moved out of the speaker line. We will pause briefly before closing public comment to ensure no other commenters are seeking to speak on that item. Participants who wish to speak on other agenda items can remain on the line and listen for the next public comment opportunity. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to paris.coats at sfgov.org. The summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed word limit or is not an accurate summary of the speaker's public comment. Instructions will also be shared on the screen during each public comment period. And with that, Commissioner Stryker, please proceed with the meeting when okay, you're ready. Thank you. Um, I'd like to start the meeting by reading our land acknowledgement statement. The San Francisco Arts Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Rametouche Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula area. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Rametouche Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place as well as for all peoples who reside in their territorial ter in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their territorial homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Rametouche community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. As a department dedicated to promoting a diverse and equitable arts and culture environment in San Francisco, we're committed to supporting the traditional and contemporary evolution of the American Indian community. And before I move to item number two, I would like to announce a sequence change in our agenda today. For item number three, we will be seeing the presentation for the Zuckerberg San Francisco General Child Care Center. This is a conceptual uh, presentation. Item number four will be Buchanan Street Mall a small project review. Item number five will be fence work at three uh, building ground, ground, I can't read my own writing, uh, ground well stations. And that will be a small review project. And we will see item number six, the SFMTA trail yard um, modernization project at phase one, it's item number six. So, 
uh, we'll now call for item number two, general public comment. Is there any general public comment? Uh, we will be taking in-person public comments first. So for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. And for those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Uh, we're currently on item two and instructions are on the screen. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you would like to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to paris.coats at sfgov.org. Uh, now we are seeking in-person public commenters. Is there anyone who would like to make a public comment on the current agenda item? Um, okay, now we're seeking comments from those joining us remotely. Is there anyone that would like to make a public comment on the current agenda item? Um, looking for raised hands, um, not seeing any. Um, I see no request for public comment and public comment is now closed. Okay, thank you. And before we move to item number three, I noticed there's some people standing. Would you like some chairs? We have extra chairs and we're happy to bring them out. Okay, all right. So item number three is the Zuckerberg San Francisco General Child Care um, Conceptual Project, Child Care Center. Would, team, would you like to come forward? This is a conceptual review. Commissioners, uh, I'd like to introduce my team. Uh, I'm team, team leader, uh, architectural team leader, Say Okada. Uh, this is DPH project manager, Melinda Prieto. Uh, this is architectural designer, Konstantin uh, Zulatev. And we have uh, landscape designer, Nicholas Hansel. And today I'd like to talk about the child care center uh, at the Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital. And this is for the concept design review. And uh, here's a, our agenda, and I'd like to introduce the project uh, from uh, by Melinda here. For having us today. Um, so just a brief insight on where we've come so far. So in 2019, I was brought onto this project to build a childcare center for ZSFG. Um, childcare is a huge need um, for people working at the hospital. So we're doing what we can to have one as close to campus as possible. Um, and if our staff can't fill those slots, it will be open to the community. Um, and we are very excited after looking at a variety of locations that have fallen through. Um, we're just so happy to finally be here with a concept design and ready to push this forward. Um, so that's some history on the project where it came from, and I'm going to leave it to the design team. Thank you, Melinda. So the campus will be located at the hospital, uh, 
I mean, sorry, the center will be located at the camp, uh, hospital campus, uh, southwest corner, and it'll be by Pachero Avenue and uh, 23rd Street. A single story structure will be located at the uh, existing raised parking lot uh, adjacent to three to five story historical buildings uh, exposed to the southwest corner of the intersection. Uh, there's an existing driveway uh, parallel to Patura Avenue that's also file lane, and the parking lot is raised uh, from the street level, and it is also raised from the existing driveway. A new building will be at the corner site. To respect the historical building, the new building facade will align with with the existing uh, historical building, uh, providing uh, same for setback, which uh, shown in uh, blue, and the new building will be on the raised uh, lot, eight feet above the street level. Now the center is really for the childcare. Um, we focused on providing the outdoor play area in the center to provide a secure outdoor area, uh, surrounded by kids' classrooms that have immediate access from the kids' classroom to the outdoor play. And we enclosed the facility with entry and admin. Here's some studies that we did for uh, daylighting and uh, mass, massing, and uh, we've also reoriented the buildings. Our preferred option is at the top right. Now the Child Care Center facilitates 41 children uh, containing infants, toddlers, preschool classrooms. As you enter from the lobby, uh, you will have immediate uh, visual access to the outdoor play area. Then children will lead into classrooms through these breezeways, which is outdoor corridors uh, and shaded. And outdoor play area is a required space and it is important for us to have uh, immediate access from each classrooms. Now, this layout ensures security and visibility from all uh, areas within the building. For vehicular drop-offs, you'll be coming from the 23rd Street, going through the existing driveway. Drop-off is located at the just the north off of the child care center. Then you will make a U-turn to go back out to the 23rd Street. For pedestrians and bikers, you will lead onto this pedestrian ramp onto the front entry plaza. This is uh, an example of a school in Marine uh, where you have an outdoor corridor adjacent to the courtyard, and this is a California tradition. This is a one-story childcare in the tall building context, which is similar to our situation where we have historical uh, five-story building in the background with a single-story modern structure in the foreground. We have elegant roof covers the courtyard and the interior space is looking toward uh, the courtyard, protecting it and providing simple exterior. Now I'm going to turn it over to Constantine 
to talk about the architectural designs. This diagram shows the this diagram shows the evolution of the 3D making. On the first, you see the the two bars of the program kind of flanking the open space in the middle, protecting it. Then we have this unique semi-transparent element that connects the two bars, but also addresses the this busy urban corner here. On the third, we have the element of the roof, which has uh, several really important design parameters. First, we would like the roof to kind of unify the, all these three elements. And because we're surrounded by big buildings, we would like the, the roof to have a very appealing um, appearance from high vintage point. And the fourth one is showing the kind of complicated way to get to the uh, to the higher level of the entry plaza, we have several ramps. It's a higher, um, higher point. Um, we have several options. We were looking at several options for the roof, how to finish the structure. Um, we considered butterfly roof and clear story roof. So the butterfly roof, um, first of all, is a familiar uh, shape for educational institutions. The shape provides possibility for high clear story windows, satisfying both light and security concerns. But also the butterfly roof um, can claim the, the empty space above the, the small volume, basically creating a um, very interesting and memorable shape. Uh, possible options, uh, um, we're also thinking if maybe we can expose the roof rafters here, and this will create very simple uh, decorative repeating pattern, visually connecting with the sawtooth patterns here on the existing building, and we have highly detailed top of these buildings, and, and it creates um, interesting connection. The other option we were looking at is the clear story roof. This is much more simple approach, and the flat roof provides simple geometry in line with the simple orthogonal geometries of the surrounding concept. We wanted the plane of the roof to serve as a, a light protection and also as um, covered walkways, but also as a unifying element of all these elements and also a very strong datum, recognizable datum. We studied several options because we needed to reconcile the um, intro the introduction of the third volume of the lobby. And after that, this is our preferred option. So, and this is the, what it looks like with the, uh, the monitors. Uh, the light monitors allow us to keep the uh, unified uh, volume relatively low here. Uh, then we can have a manageable size cell facade and we can have punched windows uh, that, that are with children's scale. The light monitors also work as a crown providing detailed top sitting on otherwise uh, unadorned simple facade. As a model, as a, almost like a modern reading of the existing patterns of the surrounded building. The light monitors also, uh, they can serve as, we can use uh, light shelves and provide additional light into this 
volume of the building. Uh, we also felt that we need to, um, because we're going for very minimalistic look, uh, we felt that we need to address uh, the urban corner, again, that intersection. And also we needed to create a sense of arrival, like a focal point of this very simple structure. Uh, we wanted to, to be a wayfinding element to greet the approaching visitors exactly like an exclamation point of, of the whole building. Okay. Now I'd like to turn it over to uh, Nick for the landscape uh, design. Yes, uh, good afternoon, commissioners. Um, the landscape uh, team has um, been kind of minimally engaged in this project thus far, but I wanted to just touch on some uh, kind of the bigger elements that we're gonna um, see in the, in the project. And it really has to do with the um, the edge conditions on 23rd Street and Petrero, um, and then uh, also the um, topography, how to manage the stairs and ramps, and then uh, um, planting. Um, these are precedent images for the ramps that already exist on the campus. Um, again, as Saya pointed out, we're going to have eight vertical feet uh, to get up uh, from that intersection up to the front of the building. So we're going to manage it um, with ramps and stairs and try to make it as accessible and as beautiful and, and modern uh, expression as we can. Uh, the historic fencing, of course, is an important element of the hospital, uh, the red and the brick. Um, it's um, one of the very few um, kind of holistic design elements that holds this campus together. Um, so we're going to retain it. Um, we're going to add to it a little bit um, by adding a new pilaster um, up in that upper uh, left-hand corner. Uh, where there's a single, we'll likely try to make it a double uh, to have a, an expression of the pedestrian entrance. And uh, finally, uh, the planting edge uh, is pretty minimally planted right now. I think we could um, make a big effort to um, make it better in terms of uh, its planting, um, both mostly natives and, and climate adapted. Uh, also making it transparent and uh, low maintenance, all those things that um, everybody needs and thank you thanks yes this concludes our presentation thank you okay thank you um commissioners this is a conceptual review so there will be no vote on it but they're looking for our input as they develop their project so do i have any comments one just yes, a quick please. question. Yeah. Thank you so much for the presentation. Appreciate it. Um, I know you did a shadow and light study. Um, is there any plan for solar on the roof or any possibility of that option or any mandate for it actually with with new buildings? Uh, yes, we're considering providing uh, solar panels on the roof. Um, it is required by the uh, code, a local ordinance. So um, the probably uh, we we don't uh, we are st currently studying that. Yeah, I've seen the uh, the Tesla solar roof panels. They're hard to get, and but they're so beautiful, and I could see the whole roof being really a feature, especially since you see it from all the surrounding buildings. Yeah, yeah, very slick. Other comments, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Carney. Okay, well, thank you for this presentation. Um, 
I looked at a lot of historic pictures of the campus and drove and walked all around it. And this is a real opportunity to repair some of the damage in the architectural unity that happened in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So I, you didn't talk about the actual material of the building itself. I assume those walls will be brick. You mentioned the fence, et cetera, would be brick, but the building. Um, this is a concept design phase at this point, and it was, we will be studying the materials as we develop into schematic design. Okay. All right. The, I see that the new behind us, they tore down something beautiful quite a long time ago and put up a concrete, very brutalist structure. And there's a new structure under construction further up 23rd Street, which is all brick. Or, well, it's red. It's not necessarily brick. But, um, all right. It's it's further up on 23rd. There it is. It's a parking lot now, but they put some a building with red panels on it. Anyway, I'm kind of hoping that you use brick on this corner for the Petreo side rather than the red metal panels. Also, uh, the butterfly roof I think is is really lovely, but I wonder if that's making it too much of a of a focal point. I think that, you know, this isn't a grand entrance whereby the butterfly roof would really stand out and this building really shouldn't be a star in its own right, I don't think. So as much as I like the butterfly roof, I think that the um, flat ones might be more appropriate. And the uh, glass pavilion, I think is really wonderful to have that glass item, sort of a jewel box set aside for the entrance. But I'm wondering about the shape of it. Um, if you look on all of those ends along um, Petrero, you go back to that slide, they all have a big white symmetrical bay in the center. I'm not saying do it white, but maybe the glassiness could be more um, symmetrical, like all the bays along Petrero are, rather than the sort of modernist one-sided angle. Just a thought. Um, the long horizontal ribbon windows and one of your boxy schemes. I think all the proportions, even on the new hospital, are all vertically proportioned. The horizontal clear story certainly makes sense. Um, one of them had horizontal ribbon windows along the side. Anyway, I think that it should be vertically proportioned unless it's like the item here where it's only a clear story. But you said you wanted to relate to these sort of top line, the cornices of the building next door. If you go to one of those photos, they had some very thick dividers. So I'm wondering if maybe if you do have that clear story that you have some some thick, thick mullions like you see on top in the upper left, so that it does it's sort of a miniature version down low. And the central courtyard is certainly makes sense and wonderful for the children to play in. I went to schools like that. And the railings along the ramp, they're rendered as sort of um you know, solids like graf graffiti magnets. Anyway, I think that the uh, photo that you showed showed more of a bar, you know, a metal railing, which makes more sense. We certainly don't want to add more graffiti to that beautiful area. So um, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. You're waiting to be the last. Um, hi, thank you uh, for bringing this to us. Um, it looks like a wonderful project and uh, hats off. 
for uh, your first uh, phase here through the concepts. A couple of quick questions. Um, how many children, uh, what is the capacity you're planning on for this? The full capacity? 41. This is 41. Okay, fine. And um, I'm interested in, you, you said your uh, preference between your two concepts of the butterfly and the straight roof it was the straight roof with the um, clear story. Yeah, this is, this is how I prefer. Yeah. And your reasoning for that is, I mean, you talked a bit about it, but just go into a little more detail to, to help me understand. Um, well, part of it is, um, we were a little bit worried for the same thing that the, the butterfly might be a, a bit too much and it doesn't relate enough to the surrounding building. They have really strong and simple geometries. So we, we thought that something as simple as powerful could be compete with them. And because we have such a small volumes, right. it would be hard to compete with them. Right. Okay. Um, and then will you have some kind of eaves or something for the light for the clear stories, you know, in terms of, you know, the sunlight coming in, bam, with any protection you, I don't, I don't necessarily see that at this point, not that you should just, uh, thoughts on that. We have to carefully develop the, the, how the light enters the building for us is extremely important. The light quality inside sure. at the same time, uh, we. We would like not to open the front facade too much because it's a. a I'm not talking about office. I'm talking about the clear story windows that you have there. Mm -hmm. Is there any kind of an eve uh, sunscreen uh, for it? Is there a depth? Uh, there is a little bit of eve. Okay. Uh, down there, uh, it, it's hard to see at this scale, but there is a little bit of eve. Basically, this this is pushed back to so. Again, we we need to prov we need to really study it. Yeah. How much light it hits. Yeah. 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 So that's one of my suggestions: is make sure to study and be aware. If you go with the clear story concept, which is fine, mm -hmm. that you make sure that you're not getting the light. You know, just like yeah, blinding the kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I agree. That's why it's it's somewhere between clear story and light monitors. We pushed it back a little bit. Sure. Uh, and, and then the the openings uh, at the south facade is basically at the kids size at the, at the kids scale, so they can pick outside. And... Yeah, no, I mean, the whole, the entry is lovely and your whole concept for it. I think is you're doing a nice, simple, clean, elegant little building. And I think that's absolutely appropriate there. So I, yeah, I congratulate you on that. One thing for, um. Uh, the landscape architect is with as you're working with what you can there. It seems this is a perfect opportunity to be very playful with the landscape. So I hope as you develop it, you'll go along in those ways. And that's about it. Thank you. Are there any other comments? Something you want to go? Um, Commissioner Rothschild. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Appreciated the uh, presentation. Um, I have a couple of questions. I was wondering um, if you could talk a, about the uh, space in between the buildings. Uh, and I, you know, I get the uh, simplicity of the bars. I was wondering if there is any discussion. Thank you. If there's any discussion about whether the bars would be angled or there'd be some interplay between outdoor and indoor that was uh, not so equal. Just a question. Um, currently, we require 
that um, the lot is Am I going backwards? There. Yeah. So this is the required space for the 41 children. And we're, we're reaching to the maximum square footage at uh -huh. this point. Uh -huh. And um, in regards to the angle, uh, angles, but we wanted to emphasize that bars sort of relate to the historical buildings. Got it. That's Got why it. we kept that manner. Got it. Well, I think it's an interesting discussion because the historical buildings are clearly very, very strong and clearly for many different decades and clearly for a different use. So it'll be interesting back and forth about how much one does reference it. Uh, just open uh, question because I can, it, it could be interesting to see, uh, and I know it's a small building and I don't want to oversimplify it, but if there's any cant in the walls or any playfulness, uh, Right now, it feels very institutional, which I'll, I'll add to, which is, believe me, I'm, I'm a total modernist. I'm not against it, but <laughs> just a question. And then the other question I have is, it's interesting that you put the kind of thick enter-gather play at the front. Um, and, um, and then as you enter, uh, you see the play storage. And so I was wondering if there's any discussion about making it more of a U. And I don't know how you would do that because I do appreciate that you have this kind of decompose as the kids come in and they play and they you know are greeted by the students. But right now, as they enter, uh, there's that very nice, safe, kind of tucked in feel on the on the right hand side of the slide there. So I was wondering if if there's any program that might go there uh, that would make sense. So just a question for, like maybe it'd be fun to have food there and they kind of like a picnic so they would come out or whatever. I don't know, just to use, just a question um, for you folks. Uh, I personally feel, uh, you know, just again, super subjective, I suppose, but um, the flat roofs to me seems very institutional. Um, and I don't think it necessarily, this building necessarily has to um, relate to uh, general, general hospital. I mean, I mean, they're as different as, could be uh, in so many different ways. So I think that as a child of, you know, zero to three or four entering, uh, you know, a, a very playful light and airy structure uh, with with the butterfly roof and the integration of solar panels, if possible, uh, it is a really nice option. And I don't know if there's other options besides, you know, butterfly or flat or you know or sawtooth or what have you. But it'd be it'd be really interesting to uh see more roof studies i guess and and see where you get your most bang for your buck um and uh mechan oh yeah and then as uh mr shiota pointed out really the that roof facade is really your you know your your typical uh, prototypical fifth facade right so people are gonna be looking down on it it's an opportunity for something i don't know whether it's solar or a fun graphic or nothing, I don't know. But, and then another question is, where is the mechanical equipment? Uh, especially in the flat roof, that's gonna be a bummer. Um, so think about that. And then I'm also interested in the program for the outdoor space. Uh, and I know this is just conceptual, but, uh, and maybe this is not the right time to bring it up, but it, and maybe it's the landscape architect, but you know, it's outdoor play like, uh, Again, I would love to see more of a conceptual thinking between how the outdoor and the indoor shift together uh, in this age group. Right now, it just it's like, you know, 
toddlers outdoor preschool like like conceptually how does that you know how do those play areas integrate more and uh i think that's it great project <laughs> i wish i was working on it thanks yeah it is a great project um I have a few comments too. Um, you've answered most of my questions in the presentation, so thank you. Um, a couple of things. Um, one thing that occurred to me uh, is to get it as you were working on this to get as much light into the center as possible. And I was wondering if you'd considered any kind of translucent canopy hmm. rather than a solid canopy around the perimeter, or or just in general. Um, to ask if we'll get some good sections when you bring it to us in phase one, because sections really help, especially with landscape. And it might even be fun to look at topo change in the courtyard. Mm. Be really animating for mm -hmm. kids and playful. Um, one thought that occurred to me as a means of connecting the building to the campus overall is perhaps the plinth for the ramp could be brick. Even if it's, it could be a straight flat or it could be an undulating surface, but it could be a brick. Material, and then that might give you the free freedom to play a little more above it. And then last, but not least, um, for the landscape architect, I hope that we might have some wildlife in there. Wouldn't it be great for kids to have butterflies or caterpillars or to hear birds? Something that would really invite that in to give them that. Yeah, for sure. So around and in. Um, and that is all I have to offer. Yeah, nice project. Yeah, and I, that's a great idea. I love the healing garden and I'm sure you sat in it and checked it out, but um, some connection. It would be so. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so um, yeah, I yeah, I just had one more question about the history of the project, and I'm always interested in land use and how you got allocated the parcel. But is was there any discussion um, of this being multi-story or or like later when they you know because it's a small footprint because it's a single story, will they come back and say, oh, you know, we need to maximize the value of that space? You know, hmm. um, so I thought with that's all. I just don't know the his if, if you can give some history and background to the thinking behind it and the longevity um, that they're ensuring you for usage. The longevity of usage is and oh, and also the artwork component. I just would love to see in the next iteration just some thoughts on maybe where the artwork would interplay. You know, yeah. to the birds and the roof and things like that there's this could be yeah i think there's i understand the historic precedent set by the surrounding buildings but also because of the you know like you go to the hospital for one thing and you know these are the kids and so it's life and death and it's you know birth and the beginning and you know sometimes the end and so this is this can be that place of hope and love and youth and happiness and bright colors and Things I don't know, and art, of course. Anyway, thanks. Yes. Oh, yeah. I will say that our initial meeting with um, the project manager, our commission, was very exciting. Um, as she did show some things that could become in the future, and it really brought the space to life. 
So we are very excited to show you those next steps yeah. in regards to the location. Um, our constraint for a one child, uh, one floor child care center is funding. Mm -hmm. um, and there are no other plans on anyone's book, to my knowledge, for this space. Um, so this is um, what we are looking at for quite some time. Mm -hmm. No, no plans on building that. Can I ask a question? I'm not sure about this. Is it a code that like the little kids can't be on a higher floor? Okay. So second floor. Okay. And then the costs. Yeah. yeah. Higher okay. with elevators and sure. then we lose space and how many children we can service on each floor. Mm -hmm. Yes, we we looked into it. Um, this has been our best option so far. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. Uh, you mentioned cost. What do we have a sense of the cost in the project? And also, you mentioned you started in 2019. It's 2023. When do we expect children in the preschool or in the daycare center? We're hoping you can expect children in a daycare center in 2025. Awesome. Yeah. If we if we maintain our on on our track that we're currently on, 2025 cool. is when we can open. Awesome. Great. Fast. Nice. Okay. Um, is there any public comment on this item number three? Um, we'll be taking in person public comments first. So, for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. Uh, for those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star 3 to be placed in the comment queue. Instructions are on screen and we are currently on item 3. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you'd like to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes. If it is 150 words or less, paris.code to sfgov.org. I'm seeking in-person public commenters. Is there anyone who'd like to make a public comment on the current agenda item? Um, okay, now I'm seeking virtual public comment. Is there anyone who'd like to make a public comment on the current agenda item? Looking for raised hands on the WebEx. I'll give it another minute. Uh, I'm not seeing anyone. I see no no requests for public comments, so public comment is now closed. Okay, thank you. Project, we're excited to see the next phase. Thank you. We're now moving to item number four, which is the Buchanan Street Mall. This is the memory walk uh, part of that project, and we will be looking at a small project review of this project. Okay. I found this on the web for the whole project. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> 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 Great, great. Um, and you'll have 
Okay, great. Good afternoon, commissioners. Um, we're here again presenting an aspect of the Buchanan Street Mall renovations, following up as planned from your previous park design review. The memory walk is intended to connect all five blocks of Buchanan Street Mall, creating a safe passage and Afrocentric design, including monumental gateways, special paving, interpretive elements, and providing a platform for future community-led art and storytelling. Um, oh, sorry, can you go back to this one? So I just want to mention um, this project team is quite large. Uh, it includes three city departments, a variety of specialty consultants, Trust for Public Land, who's provided in-kind support for community engagement and project management since the project inception, and who also has received a Prop 68 statewide parks grant to fund the design of the memory walk and um, installation of elements on an initial two blocks, as well as several community-based um, organizations. So uh, Buchanan Street Mall is in the Western Edition in a historically diverse neighborhood within Supervisorial District 5. The park is situated in the Fillmore, previously known as Harlem of the West. Uh, which was massively reshaped during redevelopment in the 1960s and 70s, suffered tremendously during the crack epidemic and the war on drugs and subsequent period of disinvestment and continues to experience high levels of violence. Um, Buchanan Street Mall as a park spans the full width of Buchanan Street for five blocks between Grove and Eddy Streets, segmented by the cross streets of Turk, Golden Gate, and McAllister. Um, park is primarily bordered by public, low-income, and cooperative housing developments, and the large central blocks are anchored on the west by community institutions, Rosa Park Senior Center, Ella Hill Hutch Community Center, and the African American Arts and Culture Complex. Next. So um, in 2014, local organizations Green Streets and Citizen Film began a robust community process for reimagining Buchanan Mall um, with the support from Trust for Public Land and in partnership with Recreation and Parks and a growing list of other local community organizations and other partners. Those logos are too small to see. I, re I realize that. <laughs> um, but the history of the project is marked by several outreach innovations, providing a variety of opportunities for community members to ask one another how they wanted to experience their local neighborhood park. The extensive engagement led to the creation of the Buchanan Street Mall Vision Plan in 2017, the conceptual design in 2020, and the launch of the Park Improvement Equity Action Initiative in 2022. So through this Equity Action Initiative, our partners are responding to the community request that public investment strengthens the neighborhood, creates economic opportunity, and improves health and wellness for everyone. Initiatives shaped for this project have the potential to ripple out to other park projects in San Francisco and beyond. So as you can see, um, is it okay? Yeah? Okay, great. Um, so through this activity, um, I just want to note specifically that in the last year and a half, there have been four community meetings specific, specifically um, seeking input on the memory walk themes and design development. Project information was shared at three community events on Buchanan Street Mall, and a survey was conducted this summer in person and online for final feedback. So this uh, conceptual design um, 
by Office of Cheryl Barton was approved by the Recreation and Parks Commission in April 2020. And uh, the concept plan affirmed key program elements for each block and emphasized the importance of connectivity and consistency across all five blocks, um, which is largely achieved through these noted key design features. So Recreation and Parks and our partners subsequently used this concept plan, documentation of the robust community engagement process, and these very ambitious project goals to seek additional funding for the project in order to realize the community's full vision. So um, as we received new grants, we would touch back in with the community in order to refine the design block by block. And we have brought schematic designs to Arts Commission Civic Design Review three times previously as the project scope has expanded through time. Um, I just want to note how you can see in these renderings that the lighting, the furnishings, and the planting palette provide consistent design language throughout the park. And um, with that background, I will pass it off to Landscape Architect with San Francisco Public Works and our project lead, Brett Demaray. Good afternoon, Commissioners. So uh, Public Works has been involved uh, in developing the landscape architectural design uh, for the five blocks of Buchanan Mall uh, since the schematic design phase. Um, however, two other landscape architects uh, have also been involved under the Trust for Public Land, uh, conducting community uh, engagement and visioning for the memory walk and its elements. Uh, so the office of Cheryl Barton began in 2020, working with the community to explore West African design elements including uh, kente cloths and adinkra symbols with meanings rooted in celebration and strength. And in 2023, Studio MLA, uh, still under the Trust for Public Land, continued this process and explored the idea of home, um, which was found in the Victorian architecture lost to redevelopment, um, as well as the cultural diversity of the neighborhood. Our strategy uh, is to unify these elements by extracting them into motifs that you see here uh, as diamonds and chevrons, as well as the symbols uh, and apply them as a backdrop across the memory walk elements. Um, and that is to create consistency and meaning across all five blocks. Okay. Uh, and so from the project's inception, uh, each block was intended to have uh, specific programming that Lauren mentioned. Studio MLA built upon this by identifying thematic elements for each block. Um, and the intent was that the memory walk would be a platform upon which these themes can be explored and showcased through curated art, which Lauren will discuss. And the three components of the memory walk designed by Public Works, uh, for which we're seeking your approval today, are paving, fences, and columns. And so the, the area of paving is the, uh, the memory walk thread here, this in, in yellow, um, as well as uh, fence elements, which are gateways bookending each uh, end of the mall here, and then around a central sports court, and then uh, column elements, which are found at the entry points along the cross streets of the mall. Uh, paving features, features a pattern created with unit pavers and decorative inlay, the metal fencing. Yep. Uh, um, the enlargement here uh, shows a typical representation of the memory walk paving using unit pavers to create the textile pattern uh, featuring the unit unifying motifs of diamonds and chevrons. 
and then the interstitial spaces uh, would feature uh, decorative uh, nickel bronze inlay symbols set flush in the paving, uh, and that those symbols themselves would be selected as a part of uh, an additional community process. And here we have a typical column uh, elevation. So this is using uh, uh, stainless steel that's painted, it featuring the diamond, uh, a gradient of the diamond motif, and then uh, uh, four 18 by 48 inch uh, 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 panel spaces reserved for artists' work. And that could be things like punched metal portraits, water jet designs, or signage and storytelling. And then we have uh, the fence of uh, similar height to the columns, again, using a painted stainless steel in the gradient of the diamond motif and chevrons with artist space at uh, 46 by 60 inch panels set aside uh, for that curated work, which again could feature elements like punched metal portraits and pattern design. Uh, so this is an example of how that might look at an entry point showing uh, the column here, which would be illuminated from within at nighttime with the light reflecting back from a mirrored inner cover. Uh, featuring, some, in this case, uh, interpretive uh, panels, and then that uh, unit paver uh, textile pattern looking back toward a fence here, and then an enlargement of the fence condition here, uh, in this case showing uh, punched metal portraits that could be used to feature uh, community uh, heroes and historical figures, uh, um, as well as uh, additional curated art, uh, like the water jet uh, designs. Go to the next one, please, and then back to this one. So, um, as we move forward beyond concept conceptual design, Trust for Public Land continues to lead engagement and programming related to the Memory Walk in collaboration with Recreation and Parks and other partners, African American Arts and Culture Complex and Citizen Film. So, these four partners have shaped um, programming to mentor emerging artists invite community curation and participation, and frame future art and interpretive opportunities along the memory walk. Uh, I want to assure you all that the project team has consulted with the San Francisco Arts Commission Public Art Program Director several times on best practices for a public art process and um, you know how and where we differentiate original artwork from project interpretation. And go to the next slide. So um, Brett mentioned a few items where this community participation um, will uh, is more on the interpretive side and here we are showing possible future community-led art opportunities um, and again i want you to know that the parameters for unique art opportunities as well as funding strategy and maintenance plans are being further developed this fall with those four project partners and additional community input and um, original artwork opportunities like murals, multimedia opportunities, and sculpture will be approved by the Recreation and Parks Commission before a public request for qualifications is announced. And opportunities will move through these best practices of a public art process, including community input, panel selection, and concept approval by the Arts Commission's Visual Arts Committee. Thank you. Thanks. Um, I have a quick question before I ask commissioners to make comments. Can you please be very specific about what we're reviewing? Are we reviewing elements? Are we reviewing pavement? Are we reviewing items? Are we reviewing patterns? It's not quite clear to me. If you could be very focused in your answer, I, I think that would help our discussion. Got me to respond? Sure, let me think back. 
Um, yeah, Brett's going to go back to the slides. So we are we are seeking your approval on the on the landscape design, including the paving and these gateway column and fencing elements. Okay. Yeah, future art opportunities will go through a separate process. So, will you show us the landscape design that includes those things? Otherwise, it seems to me that we are looking at elements that we are told will be inserted, but I'm not sure where they're inserted or, or the materials entirely. What's the paving? Um, so I'm I'm just okay. asking for more information so I know how. Okay, to maybe we can we can maybe we can just scroll through these slides. This slide shows the locations of the elements that okay. on which we're seeking your approval. Okay. Clarify, sure. So the paving um, here is it's this thread of paving across the five blocks uh, that we're calling the memory walk. Uh, so that's all items uh, marked with uh, the letter A across these five blocks. And then these fence panels are um, here in um, C. Um, and those are there's one here at the end, there's another at the other end, and then there's a pair flanking the central court. Um, and then we have uh, the columns here, and those are at there's a pair here on each end of this entry, across on each entry here, here, and here as well. In terms of materiality, we have for unit pavers, we have uh, we're using a three by nine unit paver. That's an H20 loaded paver um, for vehicular access because of maintenance. Uh, and we'll be using these warm gray tones like you're seeing here. And so that is to create this pattern. And then these kinds of interstitial spaces here would be this color concrete, a warm gray with a, a decorative aggregate, and then nickel bronze inlay set into those. Those are about 12 by 12 um, set flush in the concrete. And then the design of those still has to be um, determined through that community outreach process. It could be traditional symbols that were initially explored in that visioning. They could be contemporary symbols as well. And then in terms of the columns, we're looking at um, paint at, at stainless steel. Uh, so a marine grade 316 stainless with a tenemic paint, 30-year uh, lifespan on that. This would have a number eight finish mirror uh, inside to reflect light back. The light would be set in this concrete base here with an access panel for maintenance uh, coming off the bottom here. The concrete base would be uh, uh, designed to match the memory walk paving as well. And we're looking at a very similar uh, palette here. Uh, the fence would be a high strength stainless steel frame supporting again, 316 marine grade stainless with tenemic paint, that same 30 year finish on those as well. Uh, these reserved spaces in here and on the column uh, would likely be made of that same stainless material. We're looking at something where, where we would be able to paint it and have really crisp edges, so nothing galvanized. It would probably be that, again, 316 stainless with a, a painted finish. Okay, thank you. That's helpful. All right, commissioners, do you have comments? Oh, yeah, I just have questions because we went through kind of an extensive design review of the stainless garbage cans. And one of the things that came back in the photo was a lot of stickers. So just wondering about, um, you know, tagging mitigation, because these are big pieces of stainless, they're big panels. So I know you're going to go through the maintenance and all of those kinds of items. Um, so just, just a thought there in terms of materiality. Um, 
and um, maintenance and upkeep um, on that. And then I had a couple other questions that I think the artwork you're using, you're working with those for um, organizations. So that's great. Um, is any, I, you might have gone through this before in, a, in one of your presentations, but um, the artwork here is part of the civic art collection or not, right? It's part of just staying within parks. Correct. The, um, the elements of the memory walk are planned to be owned by recreation and parks. And then to respond to your question, the elements on which we are seeking your approval have already gone through multiple reviews with Rec Recreation and Parks Maintenance staff under our operations division. And um, and that's how we ended up with this materiality so that we're assured we um, our teams are able to maintain them. Right, so the, the paint uh, in addition to anti-graffiti coating were part of that discussion. They felt that it was within their capacity to maintain that really well. Okay, great, thank you. Any other comments? I have. Could you go back? Commissioner Carney. Oh. Yes, I'm Carney. going to ask everyone if they'll just state their name and then I won't have to for you. Okay, Patrick Carney. Could you go back to slide 10? Okay, um, how many colors? It's, it's showing three colors up here, but your rendering is more or less showing two. Um, I'm just afraid that the, the chevron patterns and the uh, the diamond patterns might get lost if you have too many. You've rendered it so it looks like you have two colors, and then you have your interstitial area where the um, where the bronze inserts are. So just so the the pattern isn't lost, um, how, how will you have enough contrast, or how many colors will you have? Sure. So a, the rendering or the the plan there is correct. It's two. So it would be the light and the dark. We just used the photo of the actual pavers uh, from another project. Uh, we would we would just have the light and the dark. And then I will clarify to you that the inlay is nickel bronze. So it's it is a um, a silvery nickel <laughs> color. Okay. And then as for the tenemic paint. Um, on City Hall, we used a tenemic coating on the dome before we put the gold on. And the tenemic coating, you said, will last 30 years. Um, City Hall, it's been 24 years, actually 25 years since we first put it on. And it started dusting after maybe 15 years. Anyway, I've taken it before the Capital Planning Committee and other things because it, it is a problem and it will have to be redone. And there's the gold on top. So. Just to make sure that doesn't happen here, did you investigate other items such as powder coating or anything else, or is it are you locked into Tenemic? So uh, Tenemic was definitely the preference of uh, Recreation and Parks Maintenance and Operations because they can touch that up much better than powder coating, uh, which which really shows the touch up. Um, I can say that the the I believe this the system that we're looking at from Tenemic because there are different systems that they have uh, is newer than probably what City Hall has installed. Uh, they're telling us it's 30 years, but of course we haven't had 30 years to, to verify that, but we're going with really their top of the line okay. system. Good. Yeah. 25 years. Hopefully they've done something better, but it did start sort of losing the sheen and, mm -hmm. and powdering out after maybe a dozen years. All right. Those were my, my only questions. Uh, Abby Schneer, uh, 
I, you've come before us many times before and uh, all the way through, I think it's a fabulous project and it sounds like you've done your homework based on your responses to the questions. So I applaud this and I think this is just a fabulous project. I'm very excited about it. Jessica Rothschild, <clears throat> um, I was wondering, do you have plans to explain uh, in somewhere in your exhibits how you got the, um, the zigzags and the diamonds? I assume so, because it's, you know, go ahead. Do you, do you... Sure, yeah, I think um, the panels on the columns mm -hmm. are very much intended to support the storytelling around the thematic interpretation overall and um, explanation of some of these symbols and also the process that oh cool um, from which the design emerged okay that makes sense and then totally random question how did you all arrive at the color blue that so that yeah that that color blue was um selected by the community during oh, that visioning nice. process uh, okay. under the office of cheryl barton and okay so we've just maintained that <laughs> uh -huh. yep. okay thank you i appreciate that any other comments um sorry i misunderstood because these seemed like art interventions rather than elements um, that you were describing as landscape so i have no comment either. Nice project other, overall, but um, no other review comments. Is there any public comment on this project? Um, we'll be taking in-person public comment first. Um, for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those running remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. You're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the queue. Instructions are on screen and we are currently on item four. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you'd like to speak on other item, speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to paris.coats at sfgov.org. Um, we're seeking in-person public commenters. Is there anyone who'd like to make a public comment on this agenda item? Oh, hi. Um, so you'll have three minutes to state your comment and I'll begin your time. Give me a minute. I just need to set up. Yes, please speak into the mic. Um, there's the timer. Uh, so whenever you're ready. Hello everyone, um, commissioners, good afternoon. My name is Amy and I'm a project manager at the Trust for Public Land. While I'm new to this project, um, Trust for Public Land has been involved for pretty much since its inception, um, so for the last decade. Um, we're really excited about this project and this design. We think that the public Department of Public Works has done a really beautiful job to weave in all the community engagement um, and really identified that was identified through the community vision process. Um, and this was all came out of the 2015 activations on site, out of the 2017 visioning process, and the most recent community dialogue that's been happening um, for the last year and a half. Um, and this design really creates a through line to our next phase, which is gonna be art curation, um, which will be really developed with the African 
American Culture Complex, um, ACC, Citizen Film, RPD, Trust for Public Land. Um, and we're really looking forward to seeing how the community stories will fit in to this design and framework that DPW has put together um, and celebrated throughout all the art and interpretive opportunities on the site. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Is there any other in-person public comment? Um, not seeing anyone else. Um, so now we're seeking virtual public comment. Is there anyone that would like to make a comment on the agenda item? Um, looking for raised hands. Not seeing any. Um, so public comment for this item is now closed. <laughs> okay. Commissioners, do I have a motion to approve the Buchanan Street Mall Memory Walk? This is a small project review. Um, so moved, Commissioner Brentel. Okay. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? None. No opposing. So motion passes unanimously. Thank you, Commissioners. Congratulations. Nice project. Thank you. All right, we are moving to item number five, and that is the additional fence work at three regional groundwater well stations. Yeah. This is also a small project review. We're just fixing um, the camera, so just give us one minute. So the camera got disconnected. Oh, okay. There we go. Thank you. Thanks for waiting. And team, you'll have 10 minutes to present. Okay, we can start. Um, good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Tracy Kale, project manager with the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission. We are here to present and acquire the approval for the civic design review, a small project of the additional fence work at three regional groundwater well stations. Ali Chan, the project engineer sitting beside me, uh, will provide an overview of the work at each location. The first location is what we call Hickey Boulevard, well and treatment facility located in South San Francisco. The second one is what we call Colma Bart, also called F Street Well and Treatment Facility. And the third location is at Linear Park, also called South Spruce Well and Treatment Facility, 
located in South San Francisco. Just to provide you a quick background, these three well stations were completed in 2021, and the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission approved closeout of the construction in 2022. These three out of 13 well stations were constructed under the regional groundwater project, one of the key dry year water supply projects to be completed as part of the water system improvement program. It means that they will be operated during drought years. The scope of the project consists of installation of fencing due to safety and security concerns, such as vandalism. We experience uh, vandalism, also illegal damping, trespassing, illegal camping. And, and the third location, we also need to include replacement of the failed fence. Um, just to have a general note, the new fence and gates that we are proposing will be installed to match existing site conditions. I now turn over the presentation to Holly. Good afternoon, commissioners. So our first location is called Hickey Boulevard treatment and facility. The slide you see on the screen right now is just a aerial view of where the location is. So there is a existing uh, fence and this is a, the in black is the approximate location where the existing fences and existing gate. So our site is located between Hickey and Camaritas. This is the Chevy's in South San Francisco. So this is our site as I circled in the red highlight. Um, where I have pointing down is a street view of the existing fence and there's um, um, illegal dumping at the site with and stray feeding of stray animals. And then here at this location is that, um, this is Alta Loma Drive and this is the existing um, fence and gate coming from that site. This is the existing conditions. Okay, thank you. The next slide is our new fencing alignment. So what we're gonna do is keep the existing fence. We're not gonna touch that. What we're gonna do is from our site, we're gonna, where I show in red, we're gonna add in a new section of chain link fence to match existing, a new chain link double swing gate for our site entrance, and another new chain link fence, approximately 350 feet along the edge to, uh, of the site until we get to the closest uh, property line. This is where we're gonna end. So we're gonna connect this whole area. It will be fenced. So this new chain link fence will stop vandalism, illegal damp damp dumping and trespassing. The new chain link fence will match existing chain link fence material, which is galvanized chain link fence to be six to eight feet height with one inch fabric mesh. Okay, this, ne this next slide is a rendering of how our new chain link fence will look like. And this is our site. And this is our driveway. The new fence will be 350 feet approximately long and approximately six to eight feet height. Okay, this is our location number two, Coma Bart F Street Well and Treatment Facility. 
existing site location. So this is the aerial. This is the Coma BART facility, a walkway. Uh, this is surface parking on this side. This is the tracks, train track, maintenance train tracks. And this is our site. Below it is a street view, street view of our site. This is the walkway, same walkway. <laughs> and above that is the BART parking. So our proposal is to install a vehicular gate, four feet high vehicular gate spanning the, the driveway. This is to prevent people from driving into our site and dumping uh, large items such as furniture and un other unused items that are particular large. And in order to do that, what people do is they drive into the site uh, park their car here and dump and use it as a turn and drive off. Our, our last facility is number three, Linear Park located at South Spruce Well and, uh, and treatment facility. So our existing site is located here, which I circled in red. This is the existing Centennial Trail um, this is South Spruce Avenue, and this this is a existing credit union, and this is a San Mateo agency. This is a street view of our site, and this is the back of our site. Okay, our proposal for the site is that we're going to remove a bailing fence here in the back, and we're gonna replace it with a new chain link fence and with a gate. With our facility, we're gonna install at the back of our facility, a new facility gate that we could go out and in from this, these two. And also we're gonna install a new chain link fence at the side. And lastly, this is a close rendering of our of our new chain link gate and fence. It will be six to eight feet tall and approximately 30 feet from the next fence over here. This is the failing fence. As you can tell, it's um, kind of just toppling off. And that's our the end of our presentation like to open it up to everyone. Okay, thank you. Commissioners, comments? I'll go first this time. Uh, Jessica Rothschild, I just wanted to say uh, that was an amazingly uh, entertaining presentation on chain links. <laughs> you somehow made it, it in, very interesting, so thank you. I'm, I'm being completely serious. I uh, appreciate that. Um, I, this is a, a, another somewhat random question, I, you know, especially on the long uh, chain link fence that the one that I think was across from the Chevy's uh, restaurant. Is there any uh, funds or responsibility by the city or uh, anything about that also 
pairs planting with chain with chain link fence like that, like a, some trees or vines or anything. I I, I assume that that would be a whole another uh, agency, but I've just yeah. maybe I don't know. It, it would be nice uh, if there was like a chain link fence over a certain length that there's some funding for landscape. So um, the reason of this facility is a well station and it's only used during drought years. Mm. And so um, on a monthly basis, it needs to be maintained uh, by exercising the equipment inside the treatment facility. So there's really not much activity that's going on. So it, it must may be difficult for, because it's our property. And so if we put in plants, it will um, create more maintenance. That is probably Got it. The only thing that they will have to maintain are the plants. Got it. Come. Got it. Got it. Got it. So it's not a practical thing. It's not a practical okay. thing. Thank you. Any other comments? I had a question, especially using this slide. We have this terracing down of panels. It seems to me that it would be much nicer to have just a single line we'll do. down. Yes. So I personally would prefer to see that. Yeah, that would look nicer. Okay, we'll do. Okay, thank you. And uh, did I have another comment? Um, I don't have the funds for a darker fence, a, a painted fence, which would kind of blend into the landscape. I, don't um, know, I know that would be more expensive. I wanted to know what the um, so this project has been completed um, in 2021 and closed out last year. So we'll find out if there are additional funding that we can. Um, All right. Got it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> yes, it is. We go. Yes. It's not, it's not. No, not the fence. What I mean, the project itself has been completed. Yes, the funding. Yes. Commissioner Carney, um, I went to all three of them yesterday, and I was pleasantly surprised by how lovely these. I didn't know what they were, but I went to them. They are really sweet little um, facilities, and I hope they came before this commission. And we did. Commission. Oh, because they are. <laughs> Yes, you approved, that. You approved the look. <laughs> I, I love the ins and outs and the board form and then the black in the recent. Anyway, lovely. Well done. Mm -hmm. um, so the Hickey Street facility, um, the one I also agree with Commissioner Stryker about making it, making it angled. Yeah. But I wondered why the, the gate on um, Spruce is fancier than the gate here, because more people see the gate on um, Camaritas Avenue behind Chevy's than they do on the other one, because the one on Spruce has a has an upgraded gate um, in black. So I also agree it would be great to have the fence in black, like Commissioner Stryker said. But if you go to the Spruce Street gate, it's not chain link, but it's an upgrade. Just one more. Go to this. Oh no, it's so sorry. It's maybe it's the one. There. Maybe it's, that's the one. Yeah, the, oh, the one at the uh, Daily City Bart. Yeah. The reason why this one is like this is because um, the main 
activity that we're concerned about for this site is only illegal dumping. So people come in trucks and big vehicles that they dump large the household furniture is here. So we're, and this street is quite narrow. With the two parking, there's parking on both sides. The total length, uh, the width of the street is only 40 feet. So there's only um, two-way traffic mm -hmm. and a parking. So if you, if you have the personal um, vehicle, like a truck coming in, they go into the site and they have to use our site to loop around to come back out. So we we don't need the we were we don't we anticipate we don't need the entire chain link for this area because if you didn't have a a vehicle to access to come in, you won't be able to do that dumping. Uh, I'm not suggesting downgrading this one. I'm saying up, upgrading the one behind Chevy's to match this one. Upgrading the one rather than chain link. You're referring, if you don't mind, go there. Are you referring only to the gate itself, or yeah, the gate and Camaritas? I see, just on that gate, and then the rest of it is um, a chain link fence. A black chain link fence to match the gate. Chain link fence. Yeah, that can be done. If you could do that. And then also on this site, when you go around to the next street, um, Alta, what's it called? Alta Loma? Yes. The fence there is actually um, leaning as well. It needs some work. It's supposed something happened, like a miniature lot. Some posts are going this way and some are going that way. So you need to repair that fence as well on, on Alta Loma. And then lastly, um, on the spruce facility, there's a sculpture there that's really surprising. I'm not sure yeah. how I got there. Um, you, 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 we believe that it may be owned by South San Francisco. Oh, yeah, oh, so we didn't do it. Okay. Because I was wondering, maybe the other two could get them as well. But I have a closer photo of it. It's really pretty spiffy anyway. It's awesome. so surprising to see it there. It's kind of sitting there. So that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Other public comments? Issue comments? Yeah, public comment. Um, we'll be taking in person public comment first. So, for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the queue. Instructions are on screen and we are on item five. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. You'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay in the line if you'd like to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to paris.coats.sfgov.org. We're seeking in-person public comment. Is there anyone who would like to make a comment on the current agenda item? Um, and now seeking virtual public comment. Is there anyone who'd like to make a comment on this agenda item? I'm seeing any hands raised. Give it another moment. Um, I see no request for public comment, so public comment is now closed. Okay, thank you. 
Commissioners, uh, I may need some help for the streets, but uh, do I have a motion to approve the additional fence work at three regional groundwater well stations? This is a small project review with the following contingencies. If funding allows that the uh, fencing will be a single line rather than a stepped fence, series of stepped fence panels, that it be black chain link fence where it is publicly visible, and to upgrade the date, the upgrade the gate on, and I don't remember what street, uh, Commissioner Carney. Tamaritas. Tamaritas. Do I have a motion? Second. Oh, so I, move, Shiota. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can we uh, just? Oh. It, uh, as opposed to black, there's also the possibility of green, I believe. It doesn't have to be black. Is that correct? I'm sorry to do this in the middle of the motion. I'm just asking the question. Um, I'm not aware. Uh, we usually just um, specify um, the the gray chain link because it's galvanized. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. I understand that. I, I'm not really sure about the green. Oh, so what happens if you do a go at this site? Um, so what happened was we did a black one in the back. However, the issue with that is because of grounding. Once it is a black PVC, we, we couldn't, the contractor had a very hard time grounding it. Oh. So we couldn't even put a ground rod. So once there's, um, it, it gets dangerous. If someone touches, touches it, it mm -hmm. then Let me see. That, that's, okay. that's why right. I'm sorry. Yeah. We retract the motion. Okay. And I Sorry. Will make a new motion. Okay. Do I have a motion um, to approve the additional fence work at three uh, regional groundwater well stations as a small project review if funding allows a single line rather than a stepped fence line that we also ask for or and, and an upgraded gate at Camaritas? Street to match the other gate. I don't remember the street to match the other existing gate. Do I have a motion? So moved, Commissioner Schneer. Second. I second it. Okay, Commissioner <laughs> Rothschild. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed. Okay, motion approved. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you for your time. Thank you. And our last project that we'll, we will be reviewing is item number six, and that is the San Francisco MTA Potrero Yard Modernization Project, and we're looking at this project at phase one. So, team, are you ready? Yes, I hope so. Okay. Oh, it's good. Oh. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Oh my gosh. Wow. That's quite beautiful. That's a very loose. Looks like it's kinetic. Kind of sitting there. Is that the sculpture? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should. I remember those feelings. I think it's a beautiful view. Uh, see? Oh, no. They look like Yeah, Belgian. Wow. I know. And you'll have 15 minutes, and I'll give you a three minute warning. Okay. Can we start now? Great. Thank you. Nice to see everybody again. Um, my name is Chris Hargy. I'm with Plenary Americas, and we're part of the Petrero Neighborhood Collective Consortium, which is a consortium of um, infrastructure developers, affordable housing developers, designers, and cost consultants as part of this Petrero modernization project. Um, with me today, we have our design team with Arcadis and YA Studios in the room, as well as our affordable housing representatives from our affordable housing team, MITI, which stands for Meta. Um, YCD and Tabernacle. Uh, as well, we are joined by uh, SSMTA, our project sponsor for the for the project. Um, last time we were here was March of this year, where we um, presented the conceptual design of this project. And since then, um, well, appreciate all the feedback that we received there. Um, really took it to heart, and really it um, allowed us to reflect on where we are in the moment and what design changes we wanted to do to respond to some of the feedback that we received since then. We've met with a number of um, the commissioners as part of informally met to progress and, and really evaluate some of the concepts that we initially presented. Um, since then as well, we've had a number of uh, ongoing outreach um, presentations and meetings with public meetings, um, one in-person meeting in March, a virtual meeting in May, and actually have another, I'm gonna plug a, another meeting we have, a, a in-person public meeting this Wednesday. Um, as well, we've continued to meet with the working group, an established working group, um, even before PNC was involved in this project on a monthly basis and continue to have listening sessions where in each of these sessions, we continue to get feedback from the community and engage stakeholders. Um, where we are in the process for this, um, the overall project, um, which PNC is, uh, has signed a pre-development agreement with SFMTA is we are continuing to advance design and we are at schematic design, which is where we are with phase one. Um, we are completing our environmental reviews uh, in the process of establishing a special use district, continuing our public engagement, as I mentioned, and in the process of procuring a contractor later this year, a design builder later this year for the infrastructure facility. So to summarize, um, what we're here for is to present an update on the project, on the design, and to seek your approval for the schematic design as part of phase one. And now I'm gonna turn it over to Tony Gill, part of Arcadis. Thanks. Um, 
look forward to walking you through through this um, updated design. We've had lots and plenty of input from the community and, and from yourselves. Um, just to acknowledge that I have Yaku here from YA Studios. So he's been involved in a lot of the housing component of it, but also other pieces. Uh, Jennifer Moore, who's our landscape architect from Arcadis IBI as well. And Nancy Clayton, who's one of my colleagues on the architectural side. So just very quickly, um, when we started this project, uh, one of the key things for us to, was to look at um, all the different um, components around the site. So really it's these eight dots or nodes uh, are the important pieces around the contextual area here. So on 17th and Hampshire, Mariposa and, and Hampshire, uh, and then Bryant and Mariposa and Bryant and 17th. So those blue nodes are really important nodes. So we're, we're gonna show you how we address those nodes. But the other thing that we have done as well is the two yellow nodes, which I call the mid-block nodes. Uh, they try to break up the block and provide some activity mid-block. Um, and then on the two green nodes, is to help uh, realize that York Street comes to an end here and how do we make that a special moment? And then on the opposite side, uh, the green there reflects and how do we acknowledge um, Franklin Square? So when you look at the bus yard, I mean, the priority for us right now is really trying to get this bus yard to be operational because that's so important to, to the overall design. So bus yard is a big red area. And then off to the left on Bryant Street, you can see uh, the yellow zone there is recently a commercial piece and some of the housing that comes all the way down to the street. Bryant's a very active street. It's where all the buses um, happen along Bryant Street. So the housing starts to acknowledge that side of the street. And there's some commercial activities there as well. On the top right corner of 17th and Hampshire, you will see there's another retail component. Uh, this is just an aerial view of it, um, and it's just looking at from the top. Um, we started to look at the podium, the landscaping. You'll see a bit more of that, but also looking at it in context and the fabric around it. So there's lots of different scales of things that are happening here. So we wanted to somewhat acknowledge it, and you'll see it in these um, um, and the elevations when we start to go through them. Uh, community outreach, Chris touched upon that. We've had plenty of feedback. Uh, it's been a great process. Uh, and we've been taking that feedback and you'll see how the design has evolved um, through that process. So uh, the bus yard, as I said earlier, still, you know, it's really important that we make this a functional bus yard. This is a partial basement uh, and it's more on the west side towards Bryan Street. And when we come up to the ground level, this is uh, really off of Mariposa. This is the main entry for the buses and the maintenance areas for the buses. So what we've done, all the circulation for the buses will happen within the site. So currently the buses come off of 17th, they come off of Mariposa, they do a lot of circling around the site. We're really limiting that um, on this site. If you look on the far right, the, the arrow is coming in, that's the direction the buses will be coming in. They come up and they continue, they, they actually stack up along Hampshire, they're inter internally to, to the bus facility, and then they go up that ramp to, to the levels of parking. The pink you see in the middle is they make a circular route around and they come into the maintenance space. And on the far left is where they come out onto Mariposa Street. Um, these are the entry nodes that I was mentioning earlier. And one of the things that we've done is, you know, eyes on the street, connectivity with the street. So we gave MTA two entrance points, one off of Hampshire and one off of Bryant and 17th. So there's a bus stop on Bryant and 17th where they can come directly off the bus and come into the facility. And on Hampshire, 
there's a little bit of a pickup drop off area there and there's some parking so they can come in off of uh, that entrance as well. And then on Bryant, uh, we mid block, we have the housing. So really activating the street with some of these entry points. This is the second level uh, and it's primarily all kind of training facilities, operational office type facility, change your rooms. Um, and there's uh, a couple internal community type spaces in there as well. And then again, at the second level on the top left, that main entrance comes up to the second level um, and takes them into the training facility and the operational components. And on the far right on Hampshire, uh, the other housing component comes up and there's elevators and uh, things that take you up to the podium. And then the retail you can see up the top of 17th in Hampshire. This is just the bus parking, um, two levels of that. This is level four. Uh, and this is just to show that the housing on Bryant Street, there's a bar of housing because uh, the bus yard is quite tall. Um, so you have um, two bars of stacked housing and then you get up into the podium level, which I'll show you. So this is the podium level and you can see the housing, um, how we've kind of started to configure that. What we have is the two housing entry lobbies come up um, off of Bryant and Hampshire there. Uh, and then we have these common areas. And one of the key things that we heard and people wanted really to have all these common areas connect uh, and visible, but yet have different variety of type spaces as well. So just looking at uh, 17th Street, uh, this is what uh, we gave you guys in your package. And then we've updated it since. Um, and you can see we're starting to express more of the structure with the glass uh, on this side. We've added the, the green wall that um, was talked about last time. And then just so you know, that this is also gonna be an art opportunity. So even though we've shown kind of this rhythm of columns and trying to tie this block together and expressing the bus ramps, um, there is an opportunity here for art. And we hope the art will play off of that as well. Um, and then on the right, you can see there's another vertical element uh, like a mosaic uh, is another opportunity for art. And that faces right the child play area across the way. So we would like it to acknowledge that and have some kind of interaction with, with that um, child play area as well. This is just looking at Mariposa Street. And one of the things, um, if you look at this, so this is an, a render that you guys did not receive. It's an updated version of it because we've started to look at the screen and we're starting to layer in the landscaping. Um, so you'll start to see in these ones a bit more landscaping. And, and if you need more information on Jennifer's here to talk to that as well. But on this Mariposa, <clears throat> this really is the main front of the um, bus yard facility because on the far right is the entrance. And on the far left, you can see where the exit points are. It has a strong cornice line um, and it's got a bit more of an industrial look and kind of fits within the character of the bus yard. So one of the comments we had was about this cornice line as we go around the building. I'm going to talk to that. So this too, this lines right in line with York Street. So there, <clears throat> there is a strong opportunity for art here as well. And so we're looking that as a looking to that as an art opportunity. This is uh, Hampshire Street. And if you look here, uh, what, one of the things that we're trying to do is break that cornice um, line. That uh, was one of the comments we had. And if you look on the opposite side of Hampshire Street, you'll notice that the, the size and scale of the buildings are a little bit different than the ones on the opposite side of Bryant Street. So we're picking up a little bit more of that scale. And all along Hampshire Street, the roof variety, kind of the cornice heights all change. So we're acknowledging that 
but we're keeping this bus uh, kind of frame system there. Um, and on the far left, you see it's all glass. That's the main entrance for um, MTA staff to come in. And then the very tall vertical one is the main lobby entrance. And I'll show you a bit more uh, what that actually looks like. Here, we're going to look to do something a little more special with the screen. Uh, we haven't yet worked that fully out, but we are looking at a bit more interest on the screen um, as well. This is uh, Bryant Street, and <clears throat> Yaku can talk more to this if you need more information around this, um, and I'll open it up to him when we get there. But, you know, we, we're starting to look at the color, the, the tone level of the colors, uh, the materiality, uh, the precast versus the metal, um, and then um, we still uh, really feel comfortable with the green on the corner, um, and we're, I'll show you a bit more in uh, closer up details. This is just uh, what we first submitted to you guys was fairly monochromatic on the left, and then on the right, we've started to add some color, added some, started to push and pull a bit more, and you'll see it in the in the renderings that I'm going to show you next. Sorry, I only have a few minutes, so I'm racing through this. Um, the screen, again, we are going with this type of screen, and where where we can, we want things to be uh, visible through the screen. Um, it's going to take us a little bit of work because it has to be um, um, bird friendly. It has to allow the light to come out um, and let air move through. So we're just exploring this now, but uh, we're pretty confident that we're going to end up with a screen, so, screen similar to this. Uh, uh, a bronze frame and canopy. So you'll see the bronze throughout the facility, and it's to highlight certain entry points um, and certain key features. I know um, street level. Uh, I'll pass this, but uh, we've added the bike lanes, picked up a lot of the comments, uh, and we meet in the Better Streets guidelines, and so uh, we've gone through that process. Here uh, is just the corner of Mariposa in Hampshire, and you'll see that the SFMTA entry there, but we've kind of left that as a glass piece, uh, again, to break the corners, to give it a different materiality, uh, kind of picking up some, some of the ideas that you see along Hampshire Street where things kind of change. This is the York Street access. I'm going to. Here we're showing KQED and our building next to it, um, just to show some of the scale and how we've broken the, the corner up and kind of acknowledge that corner by uh, tilting the um, canopy. And as you go up that building, the building kind of does a little bit of shifting as well. So it's not just one large piece. It actually shifts. This is the corner. Um, of Hampshire and uh, 17th, and there's a retail component there. And you'll notice on this one here, you see that the one piece up is fairly tall. On the next slide, we were able to lower that. We've added the landscaping in the trees. Um, so these are very uh, depictive of what we're actually going to be planting. You know, we have to think about this building at night as well. And what does it do at night? Because of all the, all the screening. Um, there's going to be nice light inside, so it's a great opportunity to give this building a little bit more of a uh, penetration through it, uh, visibility. Um, you'll see some of the colors behind it. Um, so I think it's actually going to be a really nice, it's not going to be a hard finish on at night. You're actually going to be able to see through, it's going to be transparent. Um, and then on the right, you can see the glass um, with the buses coming down. This is the corner of Hampshire and, sorry, Bryant and 17th. Um, so at night, uh, we're we're starting to look at the light levels and things that we're going to be 
doing around it. Um, you can see there on the right hand corner, right next to the mosaic, the little red canopies. That's the uh, MTA staff uh, outdoor space. And the idea they have an outdoor space here. It also looks out over the park. This is 17th Street, starting to look at how the kiosk. And you can see on the right, you can see the buses coming down the ramps. So there is that opportunity to see through um, and, and, and these kiosks that, that can come along here. Um, again, just another uh, image of Brian. And we also have public washrooms here. So from uh, as you cross the, from the park, across the sidewalk here, there are public washrooms. <laughs> right next to that bus, you can see where it says public. This is just that corner of uh, Bryant and Mariposa where we've tilted up the canopy. Ah. I, I'm just a few left. Okay, so this is the Bryant Street. You didn't see, uh, you guys were given this slide. We're starting to look at the landscaping, the paving, um, just adding the texture. This is the entry off of Hampshire. This was the, you had asked to see some stuff with the podium. So we've done some podiums. Here's what we had given you. This is where we're at now with the bronze finish on the metal, starting to bring in the landscaping with the green on top. That's one of the courtyards, bringing in the landscaping, bringing in some of the bronze. These are images you had. We started to add in the color texture um, and other materials into that courtyard area. And start to see some of the, the things that we're starting to do into the courtyard. This is uh, the main podium. Uh, this is the side that faces uh, the park, and there's a child play area on the right, um, and there's some garden stuff that happening. I'm just going to go through these quickly. And you can see that we're starting to bring in the landscaping and everything up on the podium level. And I'm going to leave it at that. And I'll open yeah. it up for questions. Sorry, I had to race through that, but there's a huge project. Yeah, it's yeah, hard to cover right in 10, 10 minutes. We're pretty concise for such a huge project. Okay, we might need a little bit of light. Thank you. Commissioners, comments? Yeah, I, I've got a hard out at four, so if I could go first, that would be great. This is uh, Janine Shiota. Um, um, I've, I've lived in this neighborhood, and so I know it very well. Um, and um, so I, I actually had more questions on the land use and um, the height, um, the height precedent that you're setting in the neighborhood because so much of the stuff it around here is either small residential or um, or even PDR and light industrial. So was the because of the mixed use element of um, the project. Um, and I'm assume you know high um, affordable housing component, um, but is that did it change the um, zoning for the neighborhood? Because this was also a PDR um, zone where they were trying to keep PDR uh, and light industrial um, usage. So I assume that the bus parking and maintenance fits into that but what so what did this big project do to the surrounding neighborhoods i guess that's what i'm asking is what kind of precedent is it setting what kind of conversations have you had around zoning uh for the mission area um 
I, it's not really a question. I, I guess I'm, I'm wondering what the, you know, the process of, well, yeah, cause this is, this is really big, right? So mm -hmm. when they were talking about South of market, they really, if you look at the development of South of market and the high rise, mm -hmm. you know, they did the market street area and then they did like where the, uh, St. Regis is. And all of a sudden you just had these two story low rise neighborhoods and then they'd put something that was exceptionally tall mm. or big. And that's kind of how they bookmarked it. And then they'd fill in in between as a urban planning. So I'm just wondering how this project fits into the bigger, wider neighborhood conversation, because mm. I don't know the history of it. So that that's my question. Thank you. Sorry, that's long winded way to. Sure, I think it's a two part answer. So Thanks. there's the work that we're doing today and working with the planning commission um, to establish a special use district that accommodates um, obviously industrial bus residential and the development controls that would be put in place. Prior to that, prior to really Petro neighborhood collective getting involved um, SSMTA a lot of their credit. Um, they establish what are called the design guidelines that were part of this and maybe I'll take a step back how. Petrero Neighborhood Collective is now sitting here is that we were part of a procurement process with SFMTA to respond to design guidelines, to technical requirements, to um, retrofitting a bus or, or putting together a new bus facility, as well as um, challenging the community to maximize housing. So as part of those design guidelines, we did have our parameters of going up to 150 feet, ensuring that we're not casting a shadow on um, Franklin Square. So. Those design guidelines weren't just set in a vacuum by SFMTA. They were set with um, a number of stakeholders, including various folks from the Planning Commission and various stakeholders, including probably one of the biggest ones is the Petrero Yard Neighborhood Working Group that was established, I want to say, in 2017. So it's it's through a lot of feedback that have um, put really the parameters of then what Arcadis and YA Studios have come together to put the design. Um, but since then, we're ensuring that we're meeting the design guidelines and then still having to put new a new special use district to ensure we have that mixed use there. I'm not sure if that answered your question or. For now, yes, okay. thanks. Uh, can I ask a clarifying question? So are you, you're you're saying that that was approved. So you, you're working with a approved special use district. It's not not approved yet. So as part of this pre-development agreement. We're working um, to 24 month pre development agreement where we're advancing a number of things, one being design. So we're in the draft forms of that special use district to then propose to the planning commission. Um, don't have an exact timing on that, but, but still in draft form. So is the design contingent or uh, how does design meet um, yeah, the parallel path? Are you working at risk? What can I? Uh, so we are, this pre-development agreement is really just an agreement from Petrero Neighborhood Collective and SSMTA to advance a number of things. One is progressing to 100% schematic design. Another one is to bring on a design builder, which plenary is procuring a contractor for that. And then also to um, ensure we have all the environmental reviews, environmental certification and entitlements um, approved. So there's a, there's a timeline where, uh, Right, not everything is moving in parallel, so we have some things working hand in hand, but um, we have overall what we know the design to be, we think are finalizing still our development controls of what that is going to look like, but that is, yes, working hand in hand with our design as we're advancing it. So the, the Planning Commission sees the design when they approve the special use district? 
they will um yes they will they will have the design yes thank you and to clarify, they will have the 100% schematic design. Can you just remind us, uh, uh, sorry, Commissioner Brenzel, remind us how many housing units are in the um, plan? And then also, is there, there's like these clearly demarcated housing entrance mm -hmm. and SFMTA entrance. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think some of the housing is for SFMTA folks, right? I think there was some idea for that. And so the, how do people get back and forth? from work to, you know, is that sort of considered in the design? Sure. Um, so there are a couple of questions there. For what's proposed, I'm switching to a bird's eye view, just so we can see. Uh, yeah. Okay. And is so, it all affordable? It's, it's all affordable, all yes. Affordable. So it's all affordable. What you're seeing here is four separate uh, buildings, so separate four separate product types of what we're proposing for a total of 513 affordable housing units. On, uh, at ground level, you have on so that's Bryan Street and uh, let's just focus on Bryan Street and Mariposa that that left hand side. You have senior housing um, that will be um, right at ground level, and then three separate buildings located on the podium. And so the podium is about 75 feet, and 75 feet all the way to 150 feet, and then stepping down as you go north towards the park. Um, the three buildings on top are composed of two separate affordable housing, sorry, affordable family buildings, and then one workforce housing building. To answer your third question, there is, um, and this is something that SFMTA is is, is um, taking the lead on, um, determining if a preference can be established for that workforce housing. So it's not correct to say that workforce housing is specifically designated for SFMTA employees. Really, the only specification there is the the AMI levels that you have, which is 80% to 120% of AMI. But separately, um, I believe SFMTA is in the process of establishing uh, what's the need. Do folks want to do that and doing that uh, possibly through a preference only? So it wouldn't be this is specifically designated for SFMTA use. That process is ongoing. Um, and uh, happy to follow up or might be better directed towards us. No, that's great. I just, that was helpful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I, and sorry, I know you asked one more question too. Um, there are separate entrances for, um, for housing and for SFMTA employees. As, um, as Tony mentioned, we have the, all the buses are coming in and out of Mariposa Street. There's two, only two entrances for SFMTA. It's on the corner of Hampshire and Mariposa and 17th and Bryant. And then, um, uh, residents can access on Hampshire and Bryant, and specifically, we want to keep them as separate as possible for safety reasons. Maybe it goes without saying, but if I'm working there and I'm also living there, it sounds like I have to leave work and then go to the other separate entrance right. and go to my house. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Just, I just want to make sure that's clear. In other comments, commissioners. Please go ahead. <laughs> Okay, um, uh, Commissioner Schneer, uh, a couple of things. First of all, in terms, so you st basically you're going to go through um, schematic design and then you'll get your approval, hopefully, and your environmental review that are still waiting and still in process. Correct. Yes. At that point, um, if it's approved, my question is you, the bus terminal is happening regardless that that part is is 
a definite from NTA, correct? <laughs> or not? I would say yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, so, in terms of the housing component, then, how, because this is a public private joint partnership, how is this going to work in terms of getting the housing built and going? Are you phasing it in? Are you doing it all at once? How is that going to work? Yes, good question. Um, it will be a phased solution. So we're working very closely, as I mentioned, um, of these 513 units, they're all designated for affordable housing. Right. So, and that is, um, to get a little bit more specific, three of the buildings would be um, working very closely with MOHCD and workforce housing, just the AMI levels, while it's still affordable, it's outside of their, their purview. Right. So MOHCD has continued to be a, a partner in this process and providing funding for towards those three buildings. So the focus would be first to um, to focus on Bryan Street. Um, so really when, what we have right now is, is largely an open space as well as a two-story facility that will be demolished. That would be the first, um, the first step once we have a contractor on board. And then building in a shared, and Tony mentioned this, there's a, there's a small shared basement that would be for the benefit of SSMTA and for the bus yard and for housing. So it's really demolishing basement and then building as quickly as we can the bus facility up to 75 feet as well in parallel a Bryant Street development first. Once we have the podium, um, so above the, the bus facility, once that's completed, then the next step is, well, when do, when do we bring in the, the other housing elements? But all of those would be phased. Um, uh, we have a general, we have a specific timeline with the bus facility and that the bus facility has to be completed within three years of start of construction. Okay. And then the housing developments uh, get layered in um, also with their own timeline. Um, their specificity for the housing on the podium is still being determined. Um, a number of factors that go into developing housing, but really each of those four buildings that I described have their own funding structure, their own financing that needs to be raised, um, as well as their own contractors that have to come on board to, to build those projects. But it would be based off this design that we have at 100% schematic design. Right, which shows, again, the complexity mm -hmm. um, of doing this type of a project. And, and it goes to ask, you know, you have this all worked out with, with all this housing, but it sounds to me like we have no idea whether all the housing is going to happen or not, or when it's going to happen. And so you have this huge structure, which is the bus terminal, and then you might have a couple of buildings. I, I just, mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time getting my head wrapped around how do you look at this design because you don't know what it's going to be. So that's just kind of, that's one of the things I'm trying to understand here, because if you're seeing, you know, some of the housing will be done, some will not, that's, it's going to be strange, you know, because you're, you're looking at this in terms of the full massing. Right. That's basically what we're looking at here. Right. The full project. In, right. You know, to schematics. So, you know, a little bit of this is kind of pipe dreamy. We know this. Um, but it's very hard to evaluate when you don't know which parts of the housing are going to be built and which parts are not. That's that's what I'm trying to get my head around here. Understood. Uh, I, I see your, your question, yes. What we're showing here is the aspirational uh, view of what we can fit 
under the environmental review process and what we can get for entitlements. But you're right. We can't sit here and say we guarantee that all 513 units will be built. So I right. And that's, that's the conundrum. That's the catch 22 of this. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, commend some of the, you know, you've listened to us and you, I commend some of the, uh, uh, design that you've come up with and stuff in terms to, uh, work with it, but it's still, as I've said before, this is, you know, I applaud the concept. It's a great idea to put affordable housing on top of this. But again, this area is a very different area and it's going to have a huge, huge impact on this area. And I just, it, all the pieces and parts and components are just to me incredibly complex and there's too many ifs involved here. So I question that, and I just have to question it. I think from from our perspective, at least right now, our mandate is is that hundred percent schematic design, which shows the full build out. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're bringing forward. And if if it's not the full, it's phased. That's something that I'm I'm assuming Chris it comes back to. Whatever process it has to go through, but right now we're seeking this hundred percent. And that's what our mandate is and at this point. Yeah. I'm going to ask um, Commissioner Rothschild to also comment that it occurred to me as we, she and I were doodling a little bit, uh, she asked a question about is the model required? And until COVID at phase two for large buildings, the model has been required. And it seems to me that one way to answer uh, Commissioner Schneer's concerns might be to have a model that is malleable. Yes. So take off segment A or B that might not make it financially or for some other reason. And that would allow us to look at that as well and critique how that feels as a unified whole. So a suggestion. Um, and it could be you know mostly Form not it doesn't have terribly detailed, but that might be one way of dealing with with this question. Okay, a phase solution, a visual phase solution is what you're looking for. Okay, understood. Okay, and that would help you move forward with your help us be able to. So now I'll turn it over to Commissioner Rochester. Do you want to go first, Patrick? Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Well, that was new to me. I didn't realize you weren't building it all at once, but but I'll, I'll just go on what, what you're saying for the schematic design. So um, starting at the beginning, I think we're, we're all in favor of this concept. This is how we should be using public land, especially blank parking lots full of buses. We, we, need, we need to do this with those sites, and hopefully this won't be the first site to be addressed. I mean, the only site to be addressed, even though it's the first. <laughs> So um, it's quite a difficult Rubik's cube to solve and programmatically and functionally. I think you've done it with meeting Muni's needs of getting the incident. I mean, you figured all of, all of that out and that really is a, a Rubik's cube for, for the ages. And so the planning works well. I think that the architectural, some of the unity could still be worked on a little bit, but you know, now that I realize it might even be done by different architects 20 years from now, <laughs> it's, it's hard to even think about what it could be. 
but assuming that it's all built at once, if we could go to the um, to the Bryan Street perspective. I think there's a one here. No, it's actually labeled as Bryant Street perspective. It's toward the beginning. No, Bryant Street, that's that that one would work, but in the packet, it was called Bryant Street perspective. Maybe the labels have changed. Oh, yeah, this is York Street. Are you talking about the one where the yeah, um, the, this the one. unit comes oh. all the way down with the canopy? So yeah. Yeah, this one, that Bryan Street perspective, but without the um, without K yeah. reading. Well, I guess they both have it. Anyway, the the Bryan Street, as I've always said, I think it's very successful. It has so much um, articulation, ins and outs, and push and pull, and everything else. But when you get to the podium on Mariposa, in this light, you can't really see it, but the upper levels above the podium on Bryant have a lot of ins and outs, whereas above the podium on Mariposa is almost flat. So could you do a little bit more push and pull, even a couple of feet, even if you add bay windows, something. There's a depth of facade on Bryant Street that there's not on the upper part of Mariposa. So the, on Bryant, on, so if you look at Mariposa Street, that's right to, so when you look at the buses and the way they park and move on on those upper level parking, they they have to go right to that end. Oh no, I'm talking about above the podium, the the apartments. Apartments above. Oh yeah, it's moving. Yeah, yeah, we can look at that. Yeah. Right now it's set back the the ten feet, and then you're just suggesting right. more. Because Brian's Brian Street goes like this, and and Mariposa is just a pretty flat, and um. Then the um, the corner area, which you have as sort of a standalone building, kind of it's kind of like Studio Gangs, which I mentioned before, behind the Giants Ballpark, the the green building. In your earlier perspectives, you had some connected windows. At the last time we met at the working session, and you don't anymore. They're all punched windows all the way up, whereas before you connected a few of those skinny slotted windows. They were combined and made to look a little bit longer. Yeah. You had a, a pattern of, of longer windows. Yeah, we did. I wondered if you threw those out for a reason or. I think they just washed out. See them on the far left. Okay. Anyway, I think that that added some some variety, which was was useful. And then if you if you go to the southeast drawing. It's toward the end. One of the last ones you showed, it's just called view from southeast. A lot of drawings. That would be the Mariposa. There, uh, you're almost there. View from southeast. There it is. All right. When you come down York Street and you hit the the podium level, then you get to the housing level, 
the housing on the left side has a big blank wall there uh, above the, the podium. Yeah, yeah. Why, why aren't there any windows there or, or you just haven't gotten to them yet? Okay, because yeah. that's a, a big seven-story blank blank wall. On the interior. Okay, all right. Getting a, getting ahead, yeah. but we, but we are supposed to vote on the there's thematic a design. There's there. We can put a stairwell there as well, so there's light that comes through. Yeah, that ends there, so we can put windows in there as well. And there's a few other blank walls once you're up there, so you just haven't addressed those yet. Okay. All this yet. Okay. So. Um, I think that pretty much covers it. I, it's mainly about you, you're there functionally, but the unity wise architecturally, it's not quite there. But almost and thank you for listening to us before it's it's come a long way. Um, Jessica Rothschild. Um, so, so thanks again for for uh, all your hard work. And I, I think I'd have to say that I agree with uh, Patrick relative to the. Uh, the development, um, yeah, I feel like you guys are just schematic design level at the top. Um, you know, I think I think there's been like a lot of focus on the podium, and I think that the Bryant Street, uh, you know, is really starting to get to the granular, uh, uh, the grain that addresses the neighborhood, the one with the color and the ins and the outs, and the top just essentially. I feel like there needs to be more attention paid to the massing, a little bit love and more care. Um, I know it's affordable housing, but uh, uh, it, it's hard to, um, I just, uh, you know, It's a, it's a big project and um, I think understanding how it would be phased is important and uh, how that uh, massing could be broken down and um, not just basically, you know, extruded up um, in, in these bars uh, would be helpful. Um, and also in terms of the screen, which I think is really important, uh, I don't think that's at schematic design level either. And I think we just like to see a better idea of what it is. The screen. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're trying to get some samples of the screen right now. So it's very, very. Uh, well, is it something that you're going to design, or is it is a standard product? Standard product, like the Moscone kind of. Um, yeah. Okay. 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 And you saw the images I had. That's where. Okay, so it's basically just taking something from the Moscone Center. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Same manufacturer. Okay. Okay, so I know that the screen at the Moscone Center was a uh, uh, custom design. Not going fully custom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but it's of that quality. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but just with respect to the housing, um, so this is the interior court where we're starting to do something. Yeah, you can see. Yeah. From yeah. what we sent to you yeah. previously to where we are now, yeah. starting to look at the texture of these vertical pieces, the entry points, bringing in the bronze. Um, Yaku, I don't know if you'd like to add anything more about the housing. Well, I, I guess before, Yaku, I do want to listen to to, to you. It's just, uh, it would be lovely to understand um, more where you're coming from in terms of the, you know, just photos of the neighborhood, uh, what you're bringing in. And I, I know that it's a big project and you've been doing that, but, right. you know, this stuff is like, 
you know, let the letter A in the alphabet, right? And so I don't, I mean, that is so generic. Uh, it's hard for me to really, it could be anywhere. Um, so it's, it's, again, I think we all, you know, want this project to succeed, uh, but we just need to understand more about it, I think. Yeah, could you want to talk a little bit about that component of the housing? I'm just trying to go back to it. It's from the, uh... And are you designing all the housing or just? He, well, he's connected with us throughout the project. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've been focused mostly on Bryant Street, you know, just thinking that that is the most likely spot where housing would be integrated in this project at the end of the, um, you know, worst case scenario. Okay. That's also the place where we're sort of most interacting with the city. Right. You know, so most pedestrians are going to experience it through there. Yep. We absolutely agree that the top areas in the podium deserves the same level of design treatment. I think one of the challenges we've been seeing is just the difference of, you know, is it family housing, senior housing? Uh, how many phases are are going to be involved in this project? It's been a little bit of a challenge, and so we are not there with the design. You know, I think that we can be pretty certain that it would be at the same level of, you know, uh, care to the lower parts. Um, but it's not there yet. Yeah, so I, this is where I think it's a little bit of a conundrum. I mean, we're asked to approve something that you, you don't, you, you're not able to design yet. So I'm not sure exactly how to handle that. If I can. Yeah. I mean, I'd say it's not too far from what we typically would do for schematic design in terms of the massing, in terms of a direction that the design is going. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity for refinement during the design development phase, uh, which is where we really start to get into, you know, pushing and pulling and sort of, you know, details and materials. Um, you know, we did spend that extra level of attention on the lower floors because the materials are that much more important, you know, from a sort of public interaction and engagement perspective. Um, yeah, you just I have to argue that, I mean, and I, I don't think that you're not saying this, but I think mm -hmm. that if they're not, uh, you know, paid attention to to the level of detail above the podium, then we're going to end up with a not very great environment up there, which I know is not what you're saying. But again, I'm, I don't know exactly how to address it. Well, I think um, one of the things it it sounds like from what you've been telling us and stuff that this is more of a it, you know, it would be great if you knew everything was going ahead and you could design everything and and it was a done deal. But that's not the situation. So. I think actually beyond the design guidelines that had to be put together because this project, this type of project has never been done before. I think that one of the things that would be helpful to you, especially, and for us to understand is if you can give us design guidelines and principles in terms of how you might not be building all of these up there. So in terms of uh the format and the structure and the guidelines for how these different units mm -hmm. are going to be that will also protect your overall concept of what you're trying to do here and um i think that's a way for us to better understand the totality of what you're doing if if that makes sense it, it's almost like a uh, you know, you're all, almost like doing an urban planning for a city block, but you're doing it up 75 feet. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that the more you can do definitive guidelines of, of how you want to see the massing, how you want to see the proportions of the windows, how you want to see yeah. the entry points, if you can do that, that will, I think, protect your design, which is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. 
and also help you in terms of getting the funding you need going forward. And it will help us be able to try to approve this. <laughs> well, I think like we step back, like we're doing our mandate is to do 100% of the schematic design to full build out, right? right? We're not here to uh, present like uh, a phased solution or anything. We're doing a full 100%. Now, what happens once they get the approvals for funding for the housing and all that stuff? Could that change? Yes, but if it does change, and I think that's another process that has to go through. Mm -hmm. So I think we're seeking this 100% right now uh, from yourselves as though it was full 100%. If it changes from that, that's, one, that, that's something different. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So this is hard to picture in components because we're looking at the whole thing and the whole thing is actually four components, the bus yard, Bryant housing, low income family on top of the podium, and then workforce being middle income on the other part of the podium. So if we want to break it down by fund source or that, which is publicly funded, right? All we would be looking at is just the bus yard. So we can certainly provide that. And the design guidelines are actually created to address not only the bus yard component, but the overall development assembly of the entire area. So it, and, and I believe we did distribute the design guidelines, right? Okay, perfect. So if, if we want, we could, I guess, just kind of break it down by compartments or, or components rather, and then return back to you. But I think what you'd be looking at is just visually speaking, the bus yard component with visually the housing um, not rendered. So that's, that's, that's what it would be. If we could do that visually here, that's what we're seeking from you um, at this moment. And then the, and then I, I'm just throwing this out as a, as a counter suggestion uh, in response to what you're, you're mentioning. Um, and then potentially, I guess, to, to lay that logic down the line um, for each respective component, uh, they could come to you for their own uh, review. Uh, but I think that might present its own complications if you're looking at them all individually. So I guess if it's all individually or all together, or any permutation in between, I think it presents its own complications in terms of what it is that you're looking for, what we're trying to anticipate to create as housing opportunity, and then on top of that, how all of that looks from a design perspective. So I think given that the aspiration, given the vision is the full development scope, this is what we're looking at right now. And of course, you're noting out that the level of definition of the housing is less, and that's absolutely correct, because it's of a lesser definition right now from a financial point of view. So it, it's a bit of a challenge to be able to advance the level of design for all of it from this point forward. And it, that, that disparity, I think, of level of definition is only going to increase as time progresses from SD to DDs to CDs of the bus yard in comparison to the advancement of the design for the rest of the housing. That's inevitable. And one of the things that we're trying to do is uh, there's a cost to all of this. 
um, obviously, and, and we want to see the housing happen. So we don't want to overexpend. We got to keep the housing um, capital, capital cost affordable as well. So, so that's part of our challenge here because this is a fairly expensive project. So when you add, incorporate the housing, you know, there's an added cost there. So we, do, we want to reduce those costs so that it, it can happen as well. So mm -hmm. that's the balance that we're, we're trying to find. Can you point out, uh, so, so can you repeat to me again? And I, again, I'm not sure if I understood that before. Along Bryant Street is, uh, what, what kind of housing is that? Senior housing. Senior housing. And then up on the podium, there's workforce housing and affordable housing. Yeah, affordable, yeah. affordable housing. Yeah. Can we look at the podium and, and how are those two differentiated? Let's see if I can. Uh, uh, let's go back. Um, trying to find you the big one picture of it. There's an aerial view of it in a second here. So if you look here on. Uh -huh. So, so this is where I think that there could be another level of like care. Like, I, I guess I just read this as there's, you know, whether this is, I mean, one, is this the right massing? I mean, we could get into hierarchy and, you know, uh, uh, you know, what's four levels and what's seven levels. And I don't know how much you've studied that, but it also just if the, the U and the bar and the L, I feel like they all look very similar uh, and for such a large project, I'm also wondering if there's a possibility to, you know, not create a Frankenstein, but at the same time, you know, create some differentiation, differentiation between the buildings, uh, you know, in some form or fashion, whether it relates to the street or whether it relates to each other, but you know, that there's some kind of differentiation. So one of the things that came out through all the community outreach um, and the workshops we've had is consistency for all the housing. They do not want the housing to say, look quite, that's one group of income people live in there, another group of income. No, I, I'm not saying that. So I'm we have to make it be... more, more kind of holistic. Uh, yeah, no, but uh, they shouldn't, I'm not saying that. I'm not okay. saying that it should be differentiation in terms of this is where these kind of people live and this is where this it's more just like, um, so that the, all these units are not, um, they don't, it, it, you know, all look the same. So it's sort of oppressive, <laughs> you know, how do we get like institution. institutional, right? How do we get variety and, and uh, massing and color and texture that's, you know, of a residential scale? Uh, you know, it'd be great to see some indication of that. I have a thought and it's kind of a half thought and half question for all of us this group together. Uh, first of all, we all want this to be just a fantastic project and it will be. Um, so it occurs to me since it seems evident that this probably won't reach phase one approval today, that it needs a little more development, that we might meet informally again and talk about how we can proceed together so that the commissioners can review your project in a way that fits your budget and your time frame. And if that is only the bus element of it and the housing comes afterwards, what is the priority in terms of your budget and schedule so that we can make sure that you are not hung up and at the same time, understand your priorities in terms of how we and ours and how we can design or 
critique your designs with the housing element because the housing isn't quite there yet, it seems from what I'm hearing. And when I look at the landscape too, it's still very conceptual and I don't see a programming that makes, I don't see the programming that makes uh, me understand it is residential um, and how it fits the users. Um, I just think that if we would agree to have an, another informal meeting to kind of work out how we would as reviewers and as designers proceed to the next step. I'd like to know what my commissioner colleagues have to say about that and then ask if you have any comments. So colleagues. Well, I would guess I would ask, uh, you know, and maybe it's my lack of understanding of or of the of the project to your, you know, like the schedule and and how it was phased. But I think I would like to understand a proposal uh, from you folks about how this could be broken down and which I think you've started to talk about one and uh, realistically give us a fair chance and the city a fair chance and yourselves a fair chance to get this through. But I'm not sure I would like to, I think, have a proposal to read and understand before we have conversation about it. And the guidelines weren't sufficient for that. Well, I don't know. I mean. I mean, it's if not, it's okay. If it's just well, I mean, I'm not sure if I, you know, get that in terms of how it's just like through it. Okay, um, with all this sort of uncertainty. I mean, it, it's just it could. I mean, it could be a great project, or it could be a big, uh, big, you know, not successful project <laughs> up there. Go ahead. Um, I think, you know, several things you, you've discussed here, the idea of doing a massing model with the phasing so we can see that. I think that would be very helpful. Um, I think it would be a disservice to both you and us to only approve the bus terminal and not approve the whole project. The whole idea of this is doing this different, never before done type of project. And we all really want to see this succeed. So. Starting from that positive base, we're trying to figure out what's the best way to go with next steps so that we can really understand and feel comfortable with approving getting through schematic design for you. And you can give us the information we need for that without causing you delays and redesigning everything. That's not what we're trying to do at all. Um, so I think that. Uh, maybe a proposal from you as to how to how to get there and then from there we can do the informal um and then try to get this together so we can uh, uh approve it and and get you guys going does that make sense i'm asking i don't know it makes sense I mean, we hear that they're wanting us to look at it as an entire piece. Right, and we can and we can do that, but we need more information from you in order to do that. Uh, understood and appreciate everyone's support here. So I think it's on us to come back to you with a proposal um, as well as a phasing renderings or a phasing approach of how we're viewing all of this. But our intention is yes for the entire project, not just looking at it for yeah. you know, okay. incrementally. So. Okay. Let us come back to you and then we can we can schedule that informal uh, after that proposals given then schedules that informal. 
Okay, we understand, and it, this is new for us too to review this yeah. kind of project, especially it's, a, it's, it's a big one, yeah. such an incredibly large scale yeah. and some intense complexities to it. Um, so we're all working through this, um, but we want to make ourselves available to you for informal meetings that yeah can help. Definitely, yeah, and you know through that process we can even um, it's too hard. 15 minutes to even try to touch any most mm -hmm. of this. Right. Um, yeah. Which is difficult in itself, but there's a lot of technical issues mm -hmm. that go around the podium and everything. Else oh, with we can only imagine. That, you know, <laughs> so it, it does drive part of the design. Mm -hmm. So we, we have, sure. we can share that with you as well. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously there's the economics of it. Right? So, okay. Right. Yeah. All right. Thank so you. Just, just to be clear, we're not at all asking. For you know, anything beyond the economics of the project, and there's lots of precedents for affordable housing, uh, lots of amazing architects, Yaka being one of them, uh, with uh, affordable housing uh, design in the city. Um, something that is to that level, I think, is what we're looking for. And just so we're clear what the next steps are, is there any other feedback you can give to us on streetscape or anything that wasn't mentioned? Um, we did take detailed notes, but just also want to make sure we get that proposal right to you. So just a question, if there's anything else that you'd like to share with us, happy to take it. From my perspective, the streetscape looks fine, but it's very, you know, it's at a very high level. So I'm not looking at any details, but looks good. Lots of nice trees. We love it. Um, I love it, um, but I can't comment beyond that because I mean, it's so, yeah. you know, it's at a very large scale. Honestly, I mean, it would be great. I know that the SF planning has lots of uh, street sections and they have parameters uh, that they ask for. And it'd be great to see the sections through your, you know, part of your building onto the street and the neighborhood behind. And that would be really helpful to understand uh, along with pictures, like this is what this looks like on this side of the street. And this is what our project looks like and then a section. And that would, I think, maybe help your inform your design and also help us understand, uh, you know, how things align and the texture and the relationship and the safety and the lighting. Um, so that, as you know, the SF planning guidelines are actually very, you know, well-written and informative. So. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, any other comments? Okay. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. I would need to take public comment. Oh. oh, we should take public comment. Do we have any public comment? Uh, we will be taking in person public comment first. So for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. Now, for those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the queue. Um, we'll be on um, As a reminder, when you were begin speaking, um, you'll see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning. You'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay in the line if you'd like to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to paris.coats.sfgov.org. Uh, we're seeking in-person public comments or anyone who would like to make a comment on the current item. 
Uh, now we're seeking virtual public comment. Anyone who'd like to make a public comment, please raise your hand. I'll wait one more moment. Um, I see no requests for public comment and public comment is now closed for this item. Okay, official, thank you. Thank you, thank you. thanks so much. Yep. Okay, thank you very much. Um, so we are now moving to item number seven, which is the staff report. Lex and Lex to leave early. So she was just gonna say hi. And <laughs> okay. Um so there's there was no nothing official report that we were in other than just a welcome. That's right. Um, okay, so we will move on. Is there any public comment to the fact that we don't have a staff report at this meeting? We'll be taking in person public comment. Well, it looks like we have no one in person. Um, so, as a reminder, time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning. You'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay in the line if you'd like to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment, period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to paris.coats sfgov.org. Uh, we're seeking virtual public comments. Is there anyone who would like to make a virtual public comment? Please raise your hand for an item seven staff report. I see no hands raised and public comment is now closed. Okay, thank you. So we'll move to item number eight, and that is new business and announcements. Is there any new business and announcements? I Anyone like to share? To say one thing, which is uh, particularly for our newer commissioners, that Commissioner we, Schneer, on the mic. Commissioner Schneer, yes, thank you. Um, that um, when you get the agenda, you can go through, and besides looking at the presentation, you see all the documentation, and it's very helpful to know. Uh, if there is a budget for the art, what that budget is, some of them, like the concept one, didn't have it yet. But I was going to ask them about it, and I was very pleased to hear that they had already started meeting with um, with our team. So that's great that way. But um, a lot of those questions can be answered that way. So just so everybody knows, to I always dive in there quickly to see see where everything is. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah, yeah. that's Good all point. I have to say. Thanks. Any other new business or announcements? Okay, any public comment? Um, so for those running remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the queue. Um, instructions are on screen, we're on item eight. As a reminder, time will start when you begin speaking. You'll see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning. Before your time concludes, you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the while well, there's no other items, you can't stay on. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less. We're looking for raised hands on WebEx for public comment on item eight. I'm not seeing any hands raised. Um, public comment for this item is now closed. Okay, thank you. We move to agenda number nine, which <laughs> is adjournment. Thank you. <laughs>